you are listening to The Wonder Podcast. My name is Lisa Clark, and I'm joined here each episode with my co-host, Chrissy Dunham. And we just want to say thanks for tuning in. Have you ever wondered what the Bible has to say about worry and fear? Have you ever wondered how to decorate an odd-shaped room? Have you ever wondered how to make a quiche with a sweet potato crust? Well, you're in the right place because we talk about all the things. If we don't know the answers to some of life's biggest, most wonderful questions, the guests we have on certainly will. So thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Wonder Podcast. Welcome to The Wonder Podcast. Today, we are so excited to be inside the Wonder Podcast Friend Zone. And today, we have a very special guest that Lisa introduced me to. But before we tell you who she is and she starts her amazing story, Lisa, give us an update of what's going on in life. What's happening right now? What is happening right now? Well, we're in the fall, Chrissy. Yes, I mean, this is your favorite time of year. It is. It's still 90, but like all the Instagram things say, you just turn down the air conditioner and wear your fall clothes. That's right. And we're actually getting ready to head to the beach. We're recording this and we're going to head to the beach in a few days. So I'm really not in the fall zone, but I am in my mind and in my heart. So there you go. Yeah, the schedule's kind of picked up a little bit. So I don't know what that's yes. all about, but. Things gotten, have been a little it's busy. Back to I know our old way of life, and I don't want to do that. I know, I know. I don't want to do that, and I keep telling myself, "You're the one that controls this. You're the yeah. one that controls this." So, yeah. great, great reminder. But Lisa, let's give her a congratulations. They Ooh. will have been married how long, Lisa? Thirty-five years. October thirty-five 4th. years. So that's why they're headed to a victory celebration trip <laughs> because they are celebrating thirty-five years of marriage to Brad Clark. So congratulations to Lisa. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Thank you. Thank you. I say people would be clapping really loud if they knew Brad, you know, so yeah, that's why I was clapping (laughs) very loud. If you're driving, don't take your hands off the wheel, but just clap in your minds. Thank me. Okay. Well, Lisa, why don't you introduce our guest? Okay. So my friend Tracy, who lives down the street has been part of the neighborhood Bible study that we've had going for several years now. And hearing her story, just how she shared it through the years, I'm just like, okay, people need to hear this story. Tracy's got an incredible story of coming out of the Mormon church and just how God pursued her and her husband. And it's just an incredible testimony to the fact that God's pursuing each and every one of us. And so I wanted her to just share on the friend zone, her story with you guys as just just a word of encouragement like God is on the move. He's he's trying to get to us and he will use any means possible. So let me just tell you a little bit about Tracy. Okay, so Tracy is married to Tracy, which I think is pretty cute. I love that. They've got two sons, two wonderful daughters-in-law, three grandsons, and so they've just got a wonderful family in the Frisco area and like I said, she's become a good friend of mine in my neighborhood and just hearing her story, you are going to just be so encouraged. So Tracy, welcome to the Wonder Podcast. Thank you so much for inviting me. I really do appreciate it. We're happy to have you on. So tell us about growing up in the Mormon church. Sure. I was born and raised in Utah. And during those years, my youth and my young adult years, all the way through high school, their, their percentage of Mormons in Utah was 
probably in the high 80 percentile range. It was uh, it was pretty much an untouchable state back then, and there weren't very many other churches. But as a person who grew up there, I can honestly tell you I did not even know that there was any other church in the whole world. Wow. That is all we knew. That is all we were ever told, we were ever taught. And it just was a way of life. It was really just living and, you know, believing in one thing. And so from probably my elementary years until high school, we moved to a very small town. And that was probably more percentile, probably in the high 90s. You were either unchurched, you were active in the Mormon church, or you were what they called a Jack Mormon which is someone on their records, but you don't follow the rules and you don't attend church. My parents were considered Jack Mormons. But as a new person in town, I started going to church because that is where everyone was. And so I started going to church and with friends and later became what they called mutual, which is what we would call youth group now. And that was my social life. It was very social. I can honestly tell you, I learned nothing. I learned nothing of what I now know is the gospel of Christ. I remember in the services, they were sometimes three hours long sitting in a service and you couldn't hear a thing in there because there were so many kids and it was so noisy. But I, I do remember that the name of Jesus rarely was spoken. It was more about their church leaders, the founders, their Book of Mormon, and very rarely did they tell you the story of Christ. That's what I was going to ask you, is what did you know about Jesus growing up in the Mormon church? I can honestly tell you nothing. I didn't know the story of salvation. I did not know honestly nothing. If I went there and they were teaching it, I wasn't listening because I had no interest in being there other than to be around friends. It was not, I was not hungry. The church, I wasn't hungry for that church. I was not even in a frame of mind to learn. And I did later on, I do and I did know more about it now. And it truly has not changed much. Wow. So you grew up in the church, and they never spoke of Jesus. So your friends didn't speak of Jesus either. It sounds like it was more just a social gathering, and they were teaching from their book. Yes. There were a lot of stories out of their... They have a three books that they use, um, the Book of Mormon, the Pearl of Great Price, and the Doctrine and Covenants. And those were the three main books. The Bible was there, but I can tell you, I I don't know that we ever cracked the Bible while I was there. It was mostly those three books. Wow. So you grew up there, and then what, what happened after high school? Well, I married right after high school. I was 19. My husband was 18. And he did not go on a Mormon mission, which most of the 18-year-old boys would go off to a mission. My husband, he had said he had never had an interest in going on a mission. And during those years, his parents, who grew up in the Mormon church and attended 
not regularly, but sometimes, they ended up getting married in the temple. And this upset my husband because he didn't know what it was all about. So he started questioning it right after we got married. And when we did get married, we didn't get married in the temple, which I can tell you almost all my friends did. That is where you go and are sealed for eternity. And so we instead got married by a bishop and he asked us if we would come back one year from then and go back and get married in the temple. But we had to check off a list of all the do's and don'ts in order to be worthy enough to go into the temple ceremony. And it was during that year that my husband was challenged by a professor in the archives department at Utah State to really dig deep and look at the church's history and their roots and, and you know, just find out the truth. That just set my husband off on a journey to start finding out exactly what all of this was about. So Tracy, that's so interesting to me because the likelihood was that professor was a Mormon, right? You know, probably not at Utah State. Okay. BYU, yes. Utah State is more of a rebel school there. It was when we were there. And I would say he probably was not. He probably knew. My, My husband may have asked him some questions. They store in the archives department a lot of Mormon history and a lot of their old doctrine and books. And so I'm have. I'm just guessing, but I believe my husband probably started a conversation with him, asking him about that. And that's when he challenged him to to do some research and find out. So what, what were your parents thinking when you guys didn't get married in the temple? I know you said they weren't really active in this movement, but what what were they thinking? What were they saying? Well, my parents... I was the sixth of eight children. My parents were just very happy I was getting married and starting a life. They didn't really question us at all. And and like I said, my parents were not active. My brother is was and still is very, very active in the church. My husband's parents were very disappointed and were not happy with us. And they were not happy that he didn't go on a mission. And I'll tell you the truth, it's because it was looked bad on them. Not that they wanted him out there. It was more, look how people are looking at us, that you didn't go. And so instead, he married me. He was their oldest child. And it was not happy for them. They They were not real supportive at the beginning. So he starts on this journey of really researching the Mormon church and kind of figuring it out. What was he discovering along the way? And how long was he on this journey before you guys left the church? Well, that's really interesting because it was at first, it was out to look into their history. It wasn't so much of as where is Christ and what am I looking for and how it was more I got to figure out if this church is real and and true. And so that was where he started. But where he finally made a turn was he started listening to the real gospel of Christ and and it didn't match up. And he was he listened to a lot of older um, pastors, John MacArthur and 
Walter Martin. He just listened. To, he bought tapes back then. We had cassette tapes, and he would listen to him on his commutes to and from work. And so he was starting to learn, you know, more of church doctrine than we'd ever he had ever known myself either. But I kind of checked out during that time and didn't. I didn't engage with him. I didn't um, participate in any of the research or or any of it. I just kind of checked out and didn't really pay attention to what he was doing. So how many years did this go on and how old were you at this time? Well, by now we have two boys. We're living, we were transferred into Los Angeles and moved away from all of our family and friends. And I was probably 30, 30 to 31. And I was very, very lonesome. If you take from the beginning to the when we finally both accepted Christ, it was from 1977 to 1991. So it was a lot of time. And it's very hard to leave. I can honestly tell you it's only been I think two years since we finally got our names removed from the records, and that took a an attorney letter uh, threatening them with a lawsuit if they did not take us off the records. And so it is not easy to leave that church. So anyway, during that time when he was researching, he was also working night and day, and he was now commuting. 60 miles one way every day. And so I would never see him. We would never talk. We never had much to do with each other. I was raising these boys by myself. And we, they were really hard years, very hard years on our marriage. What he did learn, he never shared with me. We just didn't have a good marriage at that time. And I had started getting very, very lonesome. So I ended up taking a job as a, um, I needed a job where I could work nights and he could help with the kids, get them from a babysitter. So I ended up working in a restaurant and eventually into a bar, which was very unhealthy. Goodness. So we are now in, how old are you at this point? I was in my probably early thirties. Okay. So you're in your early thirties, raising these children when did a, a turning point happen? Well, during this time when I was uh, working at this restaurant bar, I started having fun. I started, I guess, finding fun with other friends and and working in this atmosphere and everybody was always so happy. It was very foreign to me. I had never drank before I had never been around people who drank. And I thought, oh my gosh, they're all having so much fun. (laughs) So I started hanging out with these people and I ended up having an affair that I kept hidden. I kept hidden from everybody. And this affair ended up in a pregnancy. And so right then when I found out I was pregnant, and I knew it wasn't my husband's. It hit me right in the head. What have I done? And so I had an abortion just because I couldn't bring myself to tell my husband. And I knew that I couldn't raise a child that wasn't his if we were going to stay together. So 
I honestly tell you, I didn't even think about it. It was just an almost a reflex. I just did it. And so then I, I immediately quit my job and I, I tried to, to go back to this marriage that was in a lot of trouble. And he, he must have known something was wrong. I didn't dare tell him. I didn't, I, at that point, I didn't even know if we were going to stay together. And so one morning on a Sunday morning, he walked in and said, in order to save our family, we have got to bring God into our lives. And he said, I'm going to go out and try to find us a church. And we had never been to any other church. We did not know the denominations. We didn't know where to even start. So for months, he would go every Sunday morning. Our, our boys were only, I think at this point, two and three. And so I'd stay home with him and he would go out. I was very skeptical because I was very afraid. In the Mormon church, in order to receive forgiveness, you have to go before a board of their elders or their bishop and you have to confess and they have to decide if this is a forgivable sin or not. And so I was scared to death to do that. And you have to understand their churches are their neighborhoods. So if you live in a neighborhood, you go to church with the people in your neighborhood. Well, your next door neighbor's husband may be your bishop. I was very, I, I was very, very leery to start going to any church because I did not know. I already thought that I, I was never going to be forgiven. I did not know anything about it. So he came home one day and he told me he found us a church and he was so full of joy. And he just said, I found it. And I was very reluctant. And I told him, I'll go with you next week, but I, I'm not making any promises. So we walk in, it's very small. And our names always draw people to us that we have the same name. <laughs> and so People start talking to us, and, and I, I'm thinking they're looking at me like, almost like I have a big mark on my head or something, because I felt so uncomfortable and, and very unworthy to be around any of these people. And so I ended up meeting the pastor's wife, and she had come out of the Mormon church. And it was it was meant to be, because she was my person to go to. Whenever I had questions or for the first time in my life, she held my hand and prayed with me. And that had never happened. And so we ended up starting, starting some lessons. And for the first time ever, the pastor taught us the gospel of the Bible. And he told me, I didn't tell anybody, but I was hinting around about forgiveness. And who did I have to go to to ask for forgiveness? And he told me, "What do, you don't have to go to anyone. You go directly, directly to God. Jesus Christ bridged that gap. And I, I was in shock because I thought I would have to go before some of their, their board or something. And, and so he, you know, he handed me a pencil and he said, let's say this is forgiveness. I'm going to give it to you. And he said, what are you going to do with it? He said, are you going to give it back to me or are you going to accept it? Just after many lessons, my husband and I joined. Um, we were accepted Christ and we were baptized in a swimming pool there. 
and we've never looked back. It's just been, it just became, we just laid our lives down for Christ at that time. It's truly a remarkable story, Tracy, because for several reasons. One, just the power of the gospel in a changed life and how you were held in bondage by not only that sin, but just all of the sin. I mean, the scripture tells us for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We all are in the same boat, but the world would have us think that some sins and the enemy, that some sins are worse than others. And Mm -hmm. so the fact that this, that day, that had to be the most freeing day of your life when you heard about grace and how Jesus already paid for those sins and he offers forgiveness and you don't have to go through a peer to receive that forgiveness. That had to be the best day of your life. It was. It was. uh, I just remember, you know, at first being very, you know, wondering, is this real? Is this true? Right. And I think I even talked to the pastor about that. And, you know, it it was. And and I can't tell you how exciting, you know, just being letting that go. I kept a lot of it with me over the years. I I still had issues with feeling worthy enough to be in a leadership position. And, you know, I just always felt like I had that, just that stain on my shoulders of of what I had done. And it took a lot. It took a lot. And it took a, um, a retreat for women who had been through what I'd been through to help me put it all to rest and and really realize that God loves me, even even though <laughs> He loves me, you know, no matter what, no matter what I've done, He loves me. And I've just gone forward from there and tried to, I have a lot of Mormon family, a lot. And what I try to do is I cannot get in their face and try to change their minds. It doesn't work. They will argue you to death. <laughs> so I've just tried to model I model my love for the Lord, model what it looks like to be someone who has a personal relationship, because those words never entered my vocabulary until I found who Christ was. And so it's been it's been a wonderful journey. It's been hard. We've had some family that, in fact, my husband's family found out and would not have anything to do with us for a long, long time. And it's still a topic we we don't talk about. <laughs> the minute they found out, they sent the missionaries to us to try to talk us out of it. But it it was hard. It's hard been hard leaving it. But we've seen family come to Christ. My sister, she saw what I had and asked, you know, what is different about me and started going to church with me. We moved back to Salt Lake. And started going to this tiny church, which now has six campuses out there. Utah has changed. It's not the 80 percentile anymore. Churches have moved in. It's caught fire out there. Love it. I love your story, and I love the redemption of Jesus. If someone is listening, I follow a blogger that is Mormon, and I watch her life. And of course, it's social media. Let's bear that in mind. But she is so happy, so joyful. They lead a successful life uh, material-wise. 
and everything she does, like if I didn't know any different, I would think she's a believer because she's just so joyful and always has the neatest things to say and all of that. So it's, you know, for someone that's not a believer, you'd be like, well, I want what she has. What does she have that, you know, I don't have? So tell us, give us some advice. If we know someone that's Mormon or uh, we run into somebody that's Mormon or create a friendship with someone that's Mormon, how do we just minister them besides just modeling it, which I think that's very, very wise because what you said, there there are no words because they have just as much to say to us as we would have to say to them. Right. They truly believe. I mean, they they believe what they believe and what they've been taught. And it's hard. It's very hard to, to crack through there. I would say you just... What we found, and and this is just from my perspective, is when we moved back to Utah after we became believers, we were shunned. Nobody, my neighbors didn't want anything to do with us or my kids. And it was very uncomfortable. They stick, they stick together. They, you know, they do so many good things. They're, they're very good people, but their truth is not truth. And so it's hard to to all of a sudden try to tell them that. So what what I have found is you just tell them what you have and what you know and what you know to be true, the joy that you feel. Because I can tell you from my experience that joy is on the outside. Mm-hmm. It's not the ladies I met there. They their home life was hard. I mean, they have a lot of kids. They um, are under their their husband's rule. Most of them don't work. And they are very, I had heard one time, it's like a very depressed area. The women are very depressed there because they have to look like they got it all together. And it's really crazy because when I first started going to this Christian church, they talked about how they didn't have it together and how they didn't measure up and how, you know, the, you heard about their faults. And that is not what I ever experienced. It was more how well they can do anything and how well they're doing and how their children are all doing so well. When you walk into their homes, you probably would see a whole different story. It's a very fine line. You have to walk with them. But if you could, you know, just show them, talk to them, tell them how you came out of of, uh, situations and how Christ, I don't know that they know personal relationship. It's changed a lot since I left. All of a sudden, they started talking about a personal relationship with Christ. That was never there ever when I was there. But it is now, I see it on uh, Facebook with a lot of cousins and family members that is now a phrase they use. Where that came from, I don't know. And why they're starting to use it, I don't know. That's interesting. That's very Mm -hmm. interesting. Tracy, it's an incredible story because it just shows us that the Holy Spirit is pursuing us. He was pursuing your husband, preparing your heart for that moment when you would be open to the gospel as well. I mean, praise God for those missionaries that went to Utah, went into the fire 
to share the love of Jesus Christ and the gospel. Amen. Because that was that's hard, you know. I mean, some people would just say, "Nah, it's ta- it's taken over, and we'll never make headway." But man, they did, and bless those missionaries for doing such a great work there and planting churches and presenting the gospel to people who were seeking. You guys were seeking, right. you and Tracy were seeking and you found Jesus. And also, I mean, there's just so many VIPs in this story that the pastor and his wife, that professor that encouraged Tracy. Right. That's who started the whole thing. He did. He and, did. And doesn't it just tell you that we're not here to save people. Jesus saved us. We're here to encourage people along the way to ask the questions, to present the gospel, to love people. See, there's a point, there's a place for all of us in the how many touches does it take for someone to finally make a decision to follow Christ? I've heard five to seven. Well, that your story depicts that beautifully. And so it does. anyway, it's just a beautiful story. We really appreciate you coming on and sharing it with us. And I hope that if you've got Mormon friends and you're listening to this, this would be maybe a podcast you could let them hear because it would tell somebody, you know what, maybe I need to do my own research and make sure that I'm not just doing my parents' religion. We want that for our own kids. We want them to be right. able to identify why they believe what they what they believe. It's called apologetics. Well, what you guys dis- discovered was it wasn't true. <laughs> you know, it That's wasn't right. true. And so you landed on the side of... Thank you, Lord. The veil was lifted and we found the truth. So we're so thankful you came on, Tracy. Well, thank you for having me. God bless you. Thanks for listening to The Wonder Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. We truly appreciate it. If you like what you heard and were encouraged, please go over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Because your recommendation for our podcast brings us great joy and it helps others find out about us. And if you are able to help support our podcast ministry, we would absolutely love that. You can go to chrissydunham.org and click the link to the party table. No donation is too small. We are so thankful for you. God bless.